Salutations, listeners. See you Valeo. Valer Magulis. Nanu Nanu. Thank you for tuning in. This is Three Men and a Basement, and we are the Ultra Crepidarians. My name is Colin McLeod. Mark Copier. Action Jackson. In this podcast, we review movies, or at least we've been known to, and we like to deliver to you, the listener, an average schmuck's opinion about hidden gems in the wide world of cinema. In this show, we try to target movies that are not total blockbuster smashes. We also aim for ones that are not so obscure that you couldn't get your hands on a copy even if you wanted to. Instead, we aim for that delightful sweet spot of movies right in the middle. Movies that are accessible, gettable, forgettable even, perhaps. Usually. And we like to review them and deliver to you our opinion about whether or not you need to dig them out of possible obscurity. Yes. Track them down. The cupboard. The cupboard. The cupboard. And uh, put them in the... I don't know. Maybe... uh... The VHS? Oh, oh. The VCR. Hmm. Laser disc. Um, I don't know. What what do you put the Netflixes into? A pack of 14th century minstrels. Okay, well, you you stuff the Netflix right up in those minstrels, and uh, you just just let it go. I I would argue, let me push back, this one in particular... Is is a little bit more niche than usual. I would say this is among the most obscure movies that we have done, and we tell you, the audience member, what we liked, what we didn't like, and figure out if you need to go and watch it. What did we review this week that was so obscure? It wasn't, or so they say. It wasn't high. Definitely not high. No, it wasn't medium. Somebody was high, but but this I'm, time it wasn't me. Yeah, were you high? What? <laughs> no, found I, him. <laughs> the movie we watched this evening was the movie Low. And actually, that was a bit of a misnomer to do the high, medium, and low joke, because it is actually L-O. Usually when I discuss this movie with people, they assume I'm using the word low, L-O-W. It is not. It is L-O. Came out in 2009. What are our cherries on this one? Oh, I've Me. Got, yeah, n- never even heard of it. Nope. <laughs> Didn't know this movie existed until a couple hours ago. That is a very common theme with this movie. <laughs> I don't doubt um, this is actually one of those movies where we've done a lot of movies where we're like, oh, this kind of like rides the border of like maybe too mainstream, maybe too big. You know, we did Mystery Men and we did Adventures in Babysitting, some pretty like, you know, Awakenings, pretty mm-hmm. high budget films. This movie, I think, is rivaled perhaps only by Tokyo Gore Police in its obscurity. Uh, of the movies that we've done. Uh, honestly, I would say way even it's beyond Tokyo Gore Police. This movie is right on the border of like, we almost wouldn't do it because of how rare and uncommon this movie is i like and and i don't want to compare this to to that movie because i hated that movie but uh (laughs) meet the feebles and tread lightly mark tread tread lightly it's fine (laughs) you know uh this movie doesn't have a huge director attached to it like meet the feebles did to like kind of push it over that line so to be fair when he did that he was not right who he was this is for no, we're talking about Peter Jackson directed Meet the Feebles. Yeah. Okay, so as we said, low, 2009 film. What was the rating on this film? Look it up. Look it up. The rating. Are you not finding anything? Uh, no. I, I don't see. I don't see a rating. Mark? I see a not rated. Ooh. <gasps> I think, is that a first? Is this the first That is rated? absolutely that, a first. Yeah. Meet the Feebles? Was that? Oh, that was rated R. That was yeah. rated R. That was rated R. I would say this movie was very clearly rated R. I honestly, I wouldn't go anywhere above or below that. I would say this is a very clear R. I think this movie is just obscure enough to where the MPAA didn't get eyes on it. Yeah. I think that's the reason it's not rated. It's not because it's, you know, overly graphic or, you know, I mean, it is graphic, but it's not any more than you wouldn't see in an 
sort of standard auto yeah, film. Normally when you hear about a movie that's not rated, it's because there's just obscene amounts of nudity, gore, you know, blood and guts. That Jackson's face. Absolutely. I mean, really horrific stuff usually gets you the non-rated. I have a face for radio. What can I say? You can say you have a face for radio. That's what you can say. Yeah. I mean... Mark was over here and he's like toss me the ball toss me the ball and then we toss him the ball and it sailed over his shoulder and he looked at us expectantly no no I just I just I held the ball okay I held the ball I made eye contact you guys were there you could verify it I made eye contact I was engaged I just didn't do anything no he didn't do anything but I waiting for the sack the globetrotters are winning guys look I had the attention though and that's all that matters it doesn't matter if I delivered it just matters if you ordered okay you know Brought to you by Amazon. Please don't <laughs> sue us. <laughs> Order away. We'll uh, make eye contact and do nothing. Okay, so low. Hour and 20 minutes is the runtime on this flick. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to jump the gun a little bit here and say I really enjoy this movie, if you couldn't tell. Again, it comes out of my collection, blah, blah, blah. I have very few negative things to say about this movie, but one of them is I do think the runtime felt a little bit longer than what it was. An hour and 20 is that 10 minutes between an hour and 20 and sort of like tight 90 that we talk about. That is actually a big difference. And I feel like this movie felt just a little bit, maybe like an hour 40. It feels just a touch long. And I think it's because they dwell on certain scenes for effect, which I'm totally fine with. And I think was well worth the time and effort. But the movie does feel just a touch long to me. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think some of that has to do with the scene choices that they made, you know, um, th- that maybe have contributed to, you know, some of these these uh, inarticulate thoughts that I, that I have right now. Um, <laughs> but I didn't feel that it was too long. I didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. I never checked my watch while I was watching it. You know I also I mean? didn't check Jackson's watch, which I don't normally do, but I also didn't do it this time. That's good, because you don't know where I keep it. I don't know where you keep your watch, <laughs> but now I'm very curious. <laughs> That's a secret watch. Yeah. it's Okay, so the next time you get the watch out, can I smell it and guess where you keep it? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not excited about this game, but... I've seen this movie. I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie, it's my curiosity's peaked. That's <laughs> not the only thing that's going to peak. Woo! <laughs> 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 just throwing them all in. What genres do we have for this movie? We have comedy, fantasy, horror, and romance. You know what's funny? I feel like if somebody asked me, what kind of movie is this? Give me the genres. I feel like nothing would just pop into my head. I feel like I wouldn't have anything to throw. This is hard to place. If I thought about it, I'd probably be able to throw out some of these categories. They're all correct, but they're in such odd proportions compared to most other movies that it really just doesn't feel organic saying like, this is a genre and this is a genre. But I will say from the hip, all of those are 100% correct. I would, I would have another one that I really want to add, but I can't add it right now. Okay, I've got another one that I want to add as well, and I'm going to put it out there. And if you don't like it, I'm going to edit it out. And everybody in cyberspace listening to this is going to go, oh, what was he saying? And we're going to be like, oh, go to spoilers. Me, me, me. <laughs> That's how we sound when we talk. It's true. I am going to bring up a point, though. Okay. Y'all are probably going to hate me. Sweet. Okay. I am going to say camp. Yeah. I feel like camp. Camp is, is a good one. Again, we've talked about 80s movies, right? Have a vibe. 90s movies have a vibe. We've talked about True Story is this thing. Kung Fu is a thing. That's just, they, these are genres that we feel are genres, but aren't really, right? Um, camp is 
a genre. It's a vibe. It's a tactile thing. You cannot put a good label on it, but you know it when you see it, right? It's I. We are the Supreme Court, and we are saying that we know camp when we see it. Yeah. This movie, one of the genres, probably the prime genre. Oh, is absolutely. Camp. Now there are two category tags in this that usually go together, and I'm going to ask a question. <laughs> And I'm specifically looking at Mark right now because I want to see his reaction. Is this a rom-com? It does have comedy and romance, Mark. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) No. Wait, why, Mark? It's got comedy and romance. Give me half half an episode. (laughs) Maybe I'll join you. No, no, I I would push back. It's not a comedy. Now, (laughs) I'm going to say this and, you know, cut it out, whatever. Stage play. Yes. See, I very much thought that this played like a one act, like in a black box theater. Who's this movie directed by? Oh, man. Who's it not directed by, honestly? Right. Um, but uh, the, the big one that comes to mind is, is obviously Travis Betts. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. obviously. I mean, Legend. No yeah. You know. Travis Betts. Um, uh, done a lot. Yeah. Um, like, he wrote uh, this, too. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing that he did. He was also, for most of his life, he's been named Travis. So It's true, yeah. And you can bet on that. You can. I don't, I don't know why that like just silly ass <laughs> pun made me laugh. So the funny thing oh, sure, is he was, he was in it too. Yeah. Huh. So the funny thing is he does have 247 credits on IMDb, which is not small. No. That's like Danny Trejo level. Yeah. Galactic credits? Yeah. Republic credits. Huh. Yeah. Oh shit. This is the guy that's got the death penalty in 12 systems. Yeah. Oh shit. But yeah, like 90% of what he does is weird camp or horror stuff. So this is well within his wheelhouse. Yeah, it definitely is. But Travis Betts, nobody knows in this room who he is. But Travis, well done, sir. Yeah. Well done. If you want to come on the podcast and I don't know. You done made a movie, Travis. You done made a movie. And we're talking about it. If you want to talk about it, we'll talk about it with you. Yeah, that's true. We'll talk about it while you talk about it. Bet you talk about that. You bring Mike Tyson over here? Absolutely. And, uh, they know each other. We'll talk. We'll yeah. talk. Uh, who do we have in this movie? Big stars. Big stars. Oh, well, huge stars. Well, first off, Travis Betts. Yeah. You well, know, I think we already covered obviously. that. You know, he, he played one of the characters. Yes. Um, in the movie. I think we got, let's say, three main characters yeah. here. Yeah. I think the biggest name in the... Well, not biggest name, but like the, the biggest contributing... You the know, star. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if you call him the star. Would, protagonist, antagonist. Jeremiah Burkett. Oh. I thought was okay. the biggest personality in this. Maybe he yes. wasn't yes. the main character. Yes. Yeah, right. You're right. But he's the one that kept your interest. Who I thought you were going to say, the star, I would say, of the movie is Ward Roberts. Again, normally we like to give you what else these people have been in. So if you've seen it, you can put a face to a name. These people have been in other things. But like, again, because we just don't recognize their faces, I can't really give you a good idea of who they played in any of these things with That's any the confidence. Thing is, like Jeremiah Burkett was in Evan Almighty as the ARC reporter. I don't remember the ARC reporter from Evan Almighty, but I think I've only seen that movie twice. Ward Roberts was in The Nice Guys, an awesome movie yeah. with Russell Crow and Ryan Gosling, he plays a die-in protester. He's also like, in the reboot of Westworld. These are big titles, but unfortunately, I, I don't quite recognize these fellas. Uh, and then there's probably only one other person that we'd want to mention. Yeah, Sarah Lazitz? Or how, how, Laz- probably Lazitz. Lazitz? Lazitz? How would you pronounce that? It looks French. L-A-S-S-E-Z? Lazitz? Lazitz? 
I feel like that's something that you like could say to somebody if you wanted to get, you know, our generation doesn't understand what Netflix and chill is, but like we might say perhaps have called somebody on a landline and say like, hey, come on over and you know, some kind of, that's what I, you know what? I think that's the route. That's what it was. That's what I was thinking of. Some Budweiser. But yeah, no, she was mad cowgirl in the movie mad cowgirl. She played malicious in the movie. <clears throat> Malicious? Oh my god. It's not even giving her... Yep. Whatever, you've never heard of her. Lezzies! <laughs> okay, uh, so what was this movie about? Mark, you want to give your patented Imdiba summary? <clears throat> <clears throat> Get a hairball? Yes. A man uses a demon to save his girlfriend, but that demon has a nefarious plan! He went really like, wah, wah, there's yeah. the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a craft. Yeah, honestly, that is about as much as I would ever want to tell somebody about this movie. This is a movie that you really want to experience. It is very sensitive, in my opinion, to spoilers, to over-explanation. That being said, we're going to do a fucking bunch of that in the spoiler section. So turn this off if you don't want to hear it. Buckle up. Yeah, do we want to recommend first? Oh, we definitely do. Okay, all right. So are you saying that you do recommend it? I am saying that we definitely want to get to the recommendations part. (laughs) Of this podcast. Oh, shit, titties. I like it. I like it. Okay. So, who's going to start us off? Who's going to break wind? I <laughs> am Too more than happy. <laughs> Too late. Guilty's charged. Yes, that is a fact. It's going to break wind. I heard it happen. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. I would recommend this to a select group of people. This wouldn't be a blanket recommendation. This would be like a, oh, you like movies like this. Here's another one you've never heard of. What might these caveats be? I would say I like a lot of horror movies. I like suspense movies. I like suspense horror movies, thrillers, things like that. Things that make you wonder where the story is going. So with that, I would recommend this to other fans of the occult genre or the, you know, suspense horror drama genre. But I wouldn't recommend this to a large group of people. Hmm. So I think I can say this before spoilers. This was my poll. This was something that I put on the list. I don't know. And I literally don't know anybody else who has ever heard of this movie. This is I like every time I bring it up, fucking crickets, just blank stares. I fucking love this movie. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm going to show my hand. I love the shit out of this movie. That should never be in question. But Jackson is completely right. It is the kind of movie that speaks to me on like a personal, fundamental level. Like this movie has everything that I love. That being said, it is not for everybody. I would not recommend this movie to a general audience. I would recommend this to people who, if you have a kind of the way I would say we have, if you have a general love of cinema and like exploring new aspects of it, I think this would be a very good movie for you. If you like camp, this is your movie. If you have a really dark sense of humor. Mm. Yeah. If you struggle with stuff that's low budget, if you struggle with, again, I'm showing my hand just a little bit here, free spoilers. If you struggle with a movie that's based 
largely in writing and dialogue, like quality writing and dialogue. I would also not recommend this movie to you. My classic movie for that, have you guys ever seen The Libertine with Johnny Depp? Mm-mm. No. That is my like litmus test for whether or not somebody can appreciate good dialogue. If people have heard of that movie and they've seen it, if they say they like it, I'm like, okay, this person can appreciate good dialogue. <laughs> Fair. And if they say they hated it, I'm like, well, I'm not going to speak to you anymore. It has not been fun talking to you. This movie is a little like that in that I think if you can appreciate like really good quality, witty writing and creativity, this movie I think has it in spades. However, it's got a lot of things that a general audience, it will not appeal to. Yeah, I, I echo pretty much all of those sentiments, minus the, the, the personal connection one that, that you have, because I'd never heard of it. Try that again. <clears throat> I said, I echo. So you're talking about how you, yeah. had, a, you had a strong personal connection yeah. to the movie. and Well, no, know, no, I'm you, saying like I, I... You really loved everything about it. Ian McClellan. Ian McClellan. <laughs> <laughs> I echo most of the same sentiments that you guys had had, minus the the personal connection that you had had with it, just because you know I'd, I'd never heard of this one before. I enjoyed it for what it was. I would agree. I wouldn't recommend this to all audiences. This felt very art to me, and I think that's where it belongs. Yeah, for me, I think another group of people that I would recommend this to is lovers of independent film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you really like the whole, like, Sundance Film Festival kind of movies, I would put this in your camp. Yeah. Or uh, Moonset movies. Yes. Moonset is also a I feel like Sundance, you know, they tend to be, like, a little bit more lively, a little more cheery. Yeah, a little bit Moonset are really, you know, they're stationary. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Static. But yeah, general audiences, absolutely not. No. You know, I think that the movie underneath this, or like the, I don't want to say message, but like once you've seen the whole thing and had a chance to sort of like digest it for a few minutes, it's a different movie than it is as you're watching it. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that there are elements in this movie that some people will find repulsive, but I mean, that's just like the dressing on top. You know, I think with this one for me, I I would draw a distinction between like, I'm going to go back to a metaphor here, but like the cake and the icing. I think the icing on this movie is repulsive and is going to turn a lot of people away. But the cake underneath it is worth it. Which is not totally unlike Goon, right? We did last week, right? Like Goon, a lot of dick and fart jokes, a lot of crass humor, but underneath really wholesome, actually kind of a, I don't want to say a deep, deep movie, but it's yeah, wholesome. And all right, I'll say deep. I'll say, yeah, going out. I'll take the plunge and say deep. Okay. Are we ready to Did that work? I think that worked. I thought <laughs> steam was going to come out of his ears. <laughs> you got all second. by the I did get all your I like the Okay, we are in spoilers. All of those funny-ass sounds that Mark and Jackson were making and the really cool sounds I was making indicate that you are now in spoiler territory. <laughs> so if you don't want this movie spoiled, press pause on the podcast. Stop it. Go watch the movie immediately. Come back. Listen to the podcast twice so we get twice as many downloads. And uh, yeah. we cash in on that sweet, sweet bank. Yo! Oh, yeah. Guys, we are getting tens of downloads. Yes! But that's, that's multiple digits. That's... More than one digit. Yeah. I mean, less than three, but still a lot of digits. I love me a good digit. Yeah. I see you, Alex. I see you. (laughs) Shaking that ass. (laughs) Shaking dad ass. I see you, Alex. Shaking that ass. (laughs) I'm sorry. The cadence. I I swept up in the cadence. Yeah, yeah. It's very sexual. Um, Okay, so. How's this movie start? It starts with a guy in a circle. Uh Yeah. 
Yeah, this is going to be a tough one, I think, perhaps. Kind of, yeah. This movie, though, is, I think, bookmarked a little bit better than most of our films. I think we can probably march through it pretty quick. Ha <laughs> ha, we always say that, yeah. we never do. But I really think that this movie has really identifiable chunks. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of minutiae sort of strung onto those. So starts with a guy in a circle. And by in a circle, I mean a... Pentagram! Yeah, like a pentagram that is inside a circle, painted on the ground, with your sort of standard conjuring imagery, right? I noticed that there were candles, but no offerings. Huh. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Rude. Also, I noticed we had a pentagram, but six candles. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe five would have been better. No. Yeah. I don't know. Perhaps. I don't know. Just aesthetically, it didn't fit, you know? Let's just start tearing this motherfucker apart. Yeah! <laughs> I mean, that's what we're doing. Uh, okay, so, yeah. Imagine, if you will, a completely black floor with a white pentagram inside a circle and, you know, your standard sort of conjuring fair, right? An eyeball, snakes, a dagger, painted within the pentagram. And this rather, I would say, meek-looking fella sitting inside the circle. Justin. Justin. Which is a very, like, I mean, that's... Justin. You look at that guy, he's a Justin. Yeah, he's a Justin. I'm sorry, anybody named Justin, but y'all have a look. Sorry, Justin. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know a Justin case. I know a Justin time. I work with a Justin case. Do you know? Yeah. Well, then. Well, that's, that's actually very fortunate because yeah. you never know. He's a good guy to know. Yeah. Especially when you need him. Yep. Just in case. Twice a month on Saturdays. <laughs> Oddly specific. Okay. Well, <laughs> we've got a tea time with Justin. Uh, okay. So he's sitting in the circle and in fairly short order, he's reading this book. The Necronomicon. It is straight up the Necronomicon. Let's not mince words. It's the Necronomicon. Fucking eyeball in the middle of it and everything. It looks like it's bound in human flesh. Yep. Sort of, you know, tea-colored paper, that kind of thing. And he is clearly trying to follow the instructions, which are, let's say, Betty Crocker style. You know, your standard, say some Latin phrases, cut your hand open, drip the blood on certain parts of the pentagram. Stab the eye. Stab the eye. It's your very basic cut and dry summoning spell. I mean, you've got one of two things, right? You've either summoned a demon or you've made what is probably a pretty decent angel food cake. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, you can use blood instead of eggs. I haven't. You haven't? I have not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah. That was like, a, you know, it was quick, but that was a pretty ominous yet. Yeah. The protein bindings act the same. Huh. I'll bind what? your proteins. Threaten me with a good time. Ah! <laughs> so he summons a demon, as you might imagine. The demon? Low. Low. Lo is the namesake of the movie and the demon that this gentleman summons. Lo comes out of the darkness. We should mention that, like, the motif, the the sort of, like, imagery of this movie is that this guy is, like, quite literally in a completely black, not just room, but, like, space, okay? He is lit from above with a spotlight, so all around him is nothing but pitch black, and this guy is sitting here, sort of illuminated, and out of the darkness crawls Lo, the demon. And Lo is like making all these weird screeching noises and groaning and stuff. Pretty horrific. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe we can go back and pepper this in later too. But man, the costume design for the character of Lo, top notch. Yeah. Fucking like, flawless. Absolutely. Flawless. The budget for this movie went to that costume. That's it. Pretty much. I mean, the caliber of his costume design, of, of his character, would fit in a bigger budget movie as well. Oh, oh absolutely. Without a doubt. You know. No, like, okay, so the movie opens, we see him sit down in the pentagram, light the candle, say the words, blah, 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 blah. At one point, he gets up and knocks over a candle and puts it back up, and then as he's 
coming back into the circle, knocks the candle over again. And I was like, are we sure? Like, I don't know. If I were a demon, I wouldn't want a guy this clumsy being my boss. Mm-hmm. And that's just what he is. So he summons the demon Low. The demon Low, it's not clearly explained if the, this is Low's sort of gig or if it's any demon can be summoned this way. But the implication is that pretty much any demon can be summoned this way. And what ends up happening is like, if I summon you, I own you. And it gets explained pretty quickly that he summoned Low in order to scour the depths of hell to bring his girlfriend back. His girlfriend, as it turns out, was dragged to hell by a demon, and he would like her back. Rut-row! Yeah. We've all been there, right? Uh, yeah. Twice, actually. Yeah. I've dated girls that I'm pretty sure were from hell. Did they end up going back, or? I haven't talked to them. I, I haven't I haven't kept up. You know what? So they might as well have. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's, he's talking to him. That's one thing, like, right, this movie's quippy, too. Low comments how, like, you summon a demon for, for something as trivial as, as love, you know? The dialogue is so much better than, than what I'm than what I'm regurgitating right now, but... No, you're totally right. The meat and potatoes of this movie is the interaction between Justin and Low as they talk to each other. Low is basically trying to convince Justin even trick Justin, if you will, into abandoning his pursuit of his girlfriend, April. Justin, meanwhile, is sort of like holding the line and saying, no, I summoned you, I own you, you will find April and bring her to me. And the movie, we'll go through a few more beats, but the movie is basically this back and forth between the two of them, ultimately culminating in the climax, which we will get to. So the first thing that like it sort of cuts to, which it just fucking, oh God, I'm going to say this so many times throughout this, I'm sorry if you're going to get tired of hearing it. This movie's so fucking creative. It's oh, so absolutely. creative. I can't say it enough. It's so fucking creative, especially for the budget. There's nothing that I love seeing more than a movie that has a limited or even shoestring budget and manages to get around that by creative means. And this movie, usually if I'm having this conversation, is the movie I bring up. So basically what they need to do is exposition, right? You need backstory on how April got dragged to hell, why she would be dragged to hell, what the fuck is happening. And through this, like, comedic twist, what they end up doing is Low manifests a straight-up, like, stage. Like, a vaudeville-style stage. Yeah. With red curtains and, you know, the whole thing. And then Justin and April, even though it's not Justin, right, it's like a performer on stage, sort of act out scenes from their life that explain what happened, where they came from, how they met, why they're in love. It is such an amazing way to get at the exposition of a movie on, I mean, like, literally what the three of us have in our pockets. We could build that. Yeah. Right? It was so amazingly creative. Mm Mm-hmm. I loved it. And the whole thing is that Lowe is trying to gather information about April so that he can fulfill his duty, right? He's like, all right, if I'm going to find this girl, I got to know about this girl. Tell me about this girl. Tell me about your feelings. Yeah. Well, she's five foot two. She's got brown hair. Don't give me her stats. I'm not casting a movie. (laughs) What he says. Literally, Lowe is like, well, tell me about this girl. And he's like, all right, well, she's five two. She has brown hair. And he's like, stop, 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 stop. I said emotions. I said feelings. Give me the good stuff. (laughs) I want to know how you felt. I want to know your pain. I want to know your love. I want to know how you fucked. I want to know how you fought. I want to know how you killed. Like, and no, he goes into it. Like, give me the meat and potatoes. I want to know this girl so that I can find her. And then this vaudeville stage that they set up is literally low projecting Justin's inner thoughts. And to Colin's point, it is such a wonderful way to utilize 
a pennies on the dollar budget to display this. Yeah, I mean, even the scenes where you even had like the crew members, you know. Uh, Off on like stage left and stage yeah. right. Yeah, so like every time the camera would kind of pivot, you know, when you're focusing on Justin. or You'd see or a green room. Yeah, and then you'd see some people back there just kind of like watching. Or like, like at one point holding what is very clearly a script and like preparing their lines for the next time they're on stage. And you're right? smoking a cigarette, mm-hmm. and they're having a beer, you know, doing whatever. But that's it. Yeah. You know, they're they're literally just dressing. Okay, so you know, we get that initial kind of introduction. Then we're introduced to another demon. Jeez. Jeez Louise. That's his name. Uh, he comes equipped with a little song. A little song in Diddy. Yeah. Where it just kind of like spells out that guess what? April was a demon. <gasps> Gasp. Le Gasp. Le Gasp. <laughs> don't say, I don't speak French, Jackson. Stop this. <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. I mean, oh my God. Listen. And that was was a cute little ditty, you know? Yeah, it was very much like an 80s prom, you know, like 80s power ballad about April and how she's a... Think Teen Angel, you know? Like just up on stage, kind of rocking back and forth, sequin jacket. Oh, yeah. Teen Angel, Teen Angel. Which is like some zombies in the background, like playing drums. But instead instead of Teen Angel, it was Demon Demon girl. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, we set Mark up for that and he just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I'm known for. Just it's a, it. just they <laughs> call him Mr. Mr. Pig. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> okay. So... I'm going to pull this knife out of Mark's back and hand yeah. it, back to, yeah. hand it yeah. back to us. All right. So what, what's next here? So we go through that little ditty. Then we go back to low. Yeah. And... I think the, the, the song kind of like served two purposes. In addition to all of the other funny shit that's happened, it was a very funny and unexpected interjection. It really catches the audience by surprise, but it also serves to illustrate the point that like, A, April is a demon. Yep. And B, and arguably more importantly, she was not just a demon, she was Hell's MVP. Yeah. She, the... she was Rookie of the Year. Yeah. She pitched a no-hitter every time. Just... Super brutal, killing people, slaying people, torturing people. Also, a little bit of her origin story, there was like a soldier on the battlefield and some demon ripped that soldier's heart out and put it in a stone. And then from that stone rose April. Yeah. Uh, but not called April. They keep saying she doesn't have a name and she's not a she. Yep. Like it is an it and it's a demon. So basically to Justin, get it out of your fucking head that you were in love with a girl. You were in love with an it. Yeah. And it was a particularly nasty demon. Yeah. Yeah, man. As I kind of go through the beats of this movie, I'm appreciating it more. Yes. You know? Yes, it's working. It's working. (laughs) Don't get excited. Okay. All right. It's happening, Jackson. It's happening. Um, (laughs) Promise myself I would cry. And I'll I'll save my epiphanies for the end of the narrative exploration. Okay. So we get the song in Diddy. We go back. Now Lo is trying to convince Justin that April was a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. Basically was like, were you not watching the song that that fella just did? She was the worst. Meanwhile, Justin is kind of having a psychotic break. Lo keeps talking about it. His mind is leaking and the circle closes in on him and it's basically like he's going a little bit crazy where he sliced his hand in order to drip blood on the eyeball painted in the pentagram in the beginning of the movie his hand begins to speak to him in his own voice in his own voice like animatronic mouthpiece and all 
Yes, which is amazing. I loved that so much. The fucking latex hand, and you could just see the thumb muscle move <laughs> up and down, and the mouth on the slit on the hand would open and close when it talked. It was fucking beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, so he basically is like arguing with his hand through some of this movie. We've and... all been there. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I mean, I have. <clears throat> I mean, I've argued with Mark's hand. We don't talk about that. Mm. And I've argued with the hand of God. Definitely at work, I have looked at my hands and gone, what are you doing? What does it say back? Nothing. It's a hand. It's what the fuck? Yeah. You, you, know, it, you know what your problem is? You don't summon a demon first. Oh, is that what that's you're doing your, That's them? your problem right there. Yeah, see, I was going to go mime hand, but I, like that makes more sense. See, yeah, no, I've, it's a demon thing. It's yeah. that best problem. I've yeah. never actually looked at the instructions. I just kind of do it. Yep. 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 No, you, you got to sit down. You got to do the work, Jackson. Okay, there's no shortcuts in life. Man, it's worse you want, than Ikea. You want your hand to talk to you. You summon a demon. We've talked about this. All the time. All the time. Okay. So the next scene, rather, I mean, I feel like this movie, the scenes are just, it's all kind of one scene, really. Basically, yes. It's um, very much plays out like a one act show, like a one man, one act show. And that there are no scene cuts. He never leaves the room. He never leaves the circle. He's in that one spot. Yep. This is a good time to call back to what I said earlier pre-spoilers about comparing it to the Libertine and being able to appreciate good quality dialogue and creativity, because that is what makes this movie interesting and engaging. You absolutely cannot enjoy this movie if you don't enjoy those two things, because like they said, it is literally a guy, not even in a room. There's nothing else to focus on. It is a guy in a spotlight in a field of black, yeah. which sounds really bad until you watch it and you're like, oh, they fucking, they pulled it off. Yep. So I, I think the next bit is where Lo brings up May and June. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. May and June were lovers. Let me just kind of set the scene. We've got like a red sheet in the background. Everything is still black. But now we've got like a red sheet and we've got two. I mean, they were naked bodies, but like the details weren't there. It was just silhouettes. Silhouettes. Yeah. That... Kind of. I think it started as silhouettes. It basically imagine like a sheet soaked with red, so soaked with something akin to blood and people sort of like writhing against it. Right. So it's less silhouette in the sense that you can still make out aspects of them but it's all misshapen because they're pressed against the sheet and the detail is lost because you're looking through a wet sheet. Right. Right. Yeah. May and June. Okay. So they were lovers and they made a bargain with the demon known as April. And what they wanted more than anything in the world was to conceive a child. The demon, again, we'll just keep calling the demon April because I think they even like refer to. Yeah. They're, they're really explicit. Like it's not April. It's an it. It's not even a she, but let's just call it April. <laughs> yeah. Your former girlfriend. Yes. Before she was dragged to hell. Yeah. Dragged back to hell. Right. Damn. They, they make a deal with the demon. And they conceive a child and the child dies in the, in the ninth month of their pregnancy. And then they both also die. So this scene, even though it was like incredibly artsy and much more drawn out than I'm describing, and maybe you guys can kind of fill it out, but it just kind of serves to show how repugnant the demon known as April truly was. That this is not a being worth pining over. This is the worst of them. Yes, basically, I think everything that Lowe is throwing at Justin is like, this is dangerous for you. And he says, I don't care. 
April's actually a demon. And he says, I don't care. Well, here's some of her handiwork. Well, that was her in the past. She's it's changed. Basically, each major bookmark in this movie is low throwing a different reason at Justin why he should walk away and abandon his pursuit of April into hell. Yeah, and Lowe is making some pretty good points, and I'm going to say it, and y'all are welcome to disagree with me. Borderline impassioned pleas to yeah. get Justin to stop doing what he's doing. Yeah, he is. And he's like, look, I could eat you if you get out of this circle. I so will eat you. Yeah, there's that. And then there's the, look, your girlfriend's a demon. How have you not figured this out? Don't care. Okay, well, um, how about I show you some of the fucked up shit she's done? Still don't care. Awesome. So let's go deeper. And I would say the next scene is a little bit of cha-cha-cha with a little bit of cha-cha. Yeah. And uh, Justin gets made a drink. Oh, yeah. It's such a weird drawn out scene, too. It's like... That's the comedy of it. Like it's five the, minutes of dancing it is the, to the, make a drink that doesn't get served to Justin. It's the Andy Kaufman bit oh, in this absolutely. movie. It is a bartender just dancing in front of Justin for like a just super protracted time. And there's like three bottles in front of him mixing them and he's shaking them and he's doing dance moves and shit. And then he like drinks it and then spits fire with a candle and then there's this small bottle with blue fluid in it that he hasn't touched yet, and he just uncorks that. After, like, a three-minute dance scene, pours that in a glass with no frills or anything. Just over ice. Sets it on the ground and pushes it with something into the magic circle so Justin can drink it. Um, Lowe convinces him that he will have to pursue April and Hell himself, and this magic elixir will protect him from Hell's fire and allow him... Loosen the mortal bond and allow his spirit to walk through hell to be fair i have drank a few things that have done that oh absolutely um, so i can't really fault justin here absolutely because he's probably doing something that he felt like he's done before which yeah. haven't we all right yeah, right right oh, yeah come uh, on so of course justin i'm in new orleans yeah <laughs> of course of course he drinks it he drinks it and then turns out oh actually low just starts laughing it's, it's effing poison. Yeah. Lowe is like, oh, come on. It's not poison. And then he convinces him to drink it and starts laughing. He goes, it was poison. He goes, you lied to me? Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm a demon. Demons do that <laughs> kind of a lot. And Which then, is not the first time he's done it either. No. Like This is like the seventh lie he's told yeah. that Justin has fallen into. Jeez uh, pops up again. Yep. And almost like pleads with him like, hey, you can stop all of this now and then go to the hospital and live. He's like, turn to page 303 in the book, read the words, close the circle, go to a hospital, live your life. He literally says the, the line, all of this, meaning hell, all of this just blows. <laughs> Like, what a way to describe hell and eternal torture. It's like, you know, this stuff really blows. Yeah. <laughs> it really it's blows. a huge bummer, man. It's a, you know, it's it's just kind of a downer. Yeah. It's just kind of a downer. Yep, yep. So he what? He he decides uh, he's he's not going to do that. Nope. And he's not he's going to die. Anywhere. He's going to he is going to die in that circle. And I think that actually helps like rejuvenate his passion because like he has like another like mental break and then he like summons up the courage to just like straight up tell Lo like no I'm not going anywhere. You're going to do what I commanded you to do. Now get. Yeah, at one point he's uh, having a mental break and having the conversation with his hand and he picks up the knife because he's going to cut off his hand and Lo is like, hey, you want to speed the death thing up a little bit? And then he stands up and he's like, dude, you are my dog. Do what I tell you to do. 
Which, like, at this point, again, between, like, Lowe's sort of pleading pitches and all of this stuff, you're kind of getting, like, confused. Like, why is, even though Lowe is lying to him and kind of being an asshole, like... Why is he trying to be benevolent? Why is he trying so hard to, like, seemingly represent Justin's interests? Yeah. And he actively stops him from cutting his hand off, which would have killed him in, like, minutes. Yeah. Like, a demon would love that shit. Why oh, are you stopping dude. him? And it's, like, really fucking weird. So, yeah, he sends Lo away, and Lo kind of sulks back into the darkness. And Justin kind of passes out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the candles burn out, and Justin sort of fades. And then you hear April's voice in yeah. the darkness. Candles light back up again. She leans in. She gives him a spell or something like that. She like tells him to like turn to another page. It's like one thousand whatever. One thousand one hundred and thirty eight. And I forget why she had told him to do that. Like what was she? What was she trying to like? He was under the impression that was going to allow her to come back from hell permanently. Right. What it did was allow her to enter the circle. I think it like closed the circle. Because yeah, several times they mentioned like close the circle, break mm. the connection, and I think she may have sort of tricked him into doing that. For his own safety. Right. Yeah. Uh, she leans in, kisses him, and when she pulls back, she spits the poison that he has already drank into the cup. So she saves his life. And then she just waves her hand and opens the circle back up so that the demons can't get in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then what happens? Basically, she convinces him that there is no scenario where they can be together. She not only belongs in hell, you know, in her opinion, but also there is no escaping from those that are holding her back. So she is basically pleading with him to turn around, live your life, and live it well because I don't want you to end up in hell. No matter how much you want to be with me, this is not for you. Burn the Necronomicon. Yeah, burn the book so you can't do this again. And basically get the fuck out of here, save yourself. It's actually really emotional. It's really hard. Like, it's it's a goofy movie. It's very comedic. They poke a lot of fun. But, like, that's actually, like, kind of an emotional scene. Yeah. Um, and I think fairly well acted. Pulls away from the goof a lot. And mm-hmm. it makes you lean in and pay attention. Yeah. Which, again, I think that's the cake that Mark is talking about. Yeah. Right? Like, we have, at that point, even though that's the climax of the movie, that's the end. At that point, we have eaten all of the frosting. And they're just like, okay, here is the cake that you were searching for. And so she starts to go basically go back to hell and kind of skulks off. And you're kind of like, why is she dragging herself in that way? The same way that Lowe was. And he looks away for a second and then looks back and it's not April anymore. It's Lowe. And the big reveal is April is Lowe. Hello. Hello. Hell, Lowe. Hell, Lowe. Now... Okay, we're, we're past the big reveal here. L-O? Is that like an actual demon? Or is that a play on the first two letters of the word love? I think it's oh. supposed to be That's playing a- into the word love. Um, oh. I never made that connection ever in my life. I did a quick search, you know, who is the demon low, and the only results that have popped up were clips of this movie on YouTube. Yeah, because um, demons can't experience love, and that's like played out. At one point. Right. So it's only half of love. Also, there is that sort of weird thing in that she was created and she was created with a heart. Yeah. Like she was created from a heart and a stone. Right. And for that reason, the other demons are talking about how she's unpredictable and her heart leads her around. And, you know, a heart is obviously a metaphor for passion. Right. And you can be passionate about a lot of things, some really horrible things. Yeah. But also some really like, you know, amazing and loving things. And that's kind of what ends up sort of steering her is initially, you know, it's killing and torture and all of these things that are 
horrible, but nonetheless passionate. And she ends up sort of discovering the other sides of passion. Lo- also, love and caring and even things as simple as food. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, wow, eating is really awesome. <laughs> it and, feels good. This is what feel-good passion, you know, is like. It's very clear, like, so once you get past the big reveal that April is low, you look back at the movie and you're like, if April was low, why was low fucking with Justin the entire time. Why was Lo deceiving and playing tricks and being, you know, all cutesy and silly and goofy and, you know, poisoning him and... Are you asking or are you... No, I'm, I'm saying that that's the, that's the viewer's, like... That's what it's begging the question. Yeah, and it's begging the question, why was he like this the whole time? Why didn't he just say it? But he's a demon. Yeah. That's what they do. But also, I don't think it's it's quite that simple. I think it was a demonstration that Justin loved her for what she was, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it wasn't... Justin didn't love her because he thought she was another person. He didn't love her because he thought her past was squeaky clean. He didn't love her in spite of himself. He loved her and would pursue her, whether it meant his own life, his own damnation, whether she was terrible, whether she was a threat to him. He loved her no matter what. It was a demonstration of love in a context where we can't be together. I have nothing to lose. I want to know if you really loved me for me or if it was just circumstances. And through all the things that Justin did, he demonstrated he had a genuine and pure love for her. And even at the end, when he realizes April is low, doesn't turn away. I think that was Lowe's motivation for sort of teasing this out of him, right? Trying to prod him and and trying to make him turn away. And his determination is the demonstration. Right. Yeah, I think that the drink bit, the whole I'm lying to you thing, I think when you first watch it, it plays off as like, oh, Lowe's just trying to trick him again. But I think it was, here, drink this. If you drink this, then you're coming with me to hell. You don't want to do that. And then when he just like takes it and drinks it, okay, that didn't work. Well, now it's poison. You know, save yourself. Close out the circle. Get to a hospital. Live your life. I don't think that it was meant to be, hey, I tricked you now with poison. I think it was meant, okay, well, this didn't work to push Justin away. Now it's actually poison. And now you're going to do it to save your own self. I think that it was... It she was... literally said, or Lo literally said, if you die here, you will stay here. Yeah. With, like, concern in his or her voice, right? Their of voice, like, yeah. If you die here, you will stay here. There's no equivocation. If you don't close this circle and get to a fucking hospital, you're going to hell. And you've seen what hell is like. And you've seen it. Yeah, there's, there's there's no, like, mincing words. You've seen people who are... And he just marches on, and it really, you know, demonstrates that in the classical sense, right? That his love is pure. Right. Mm-hmm. This movie's definitely better after you watch it. I think I enjoyed the movie a lot more once we turned it off and I had some time to digest it than I did as I went through it beat for beat. There have definitely been movies that I said I enjoyed this more once I turned it off. But I, I don't mean that in like a... <laughs> Meet the Feebles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I know what you mean. No, I knew I knew what you're getting at, too. I just, I liked the phrasing. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It was interesting, you know? It's one that's really fun to piece apart because it very much, on the surface, is goofy, stupid humor. But the second you peel back that outer layer, Mm -hmm. there is so much meat on the bone. Yeah, yeah. I like that we could have gone with, like, chocolates and caramel. Or we could have gone even with something, like, less pleasant but still, you know, pretty innocuous, like an onion. I like that he stuck with the hell motif of peeling flesh and muscle and sinew off the bone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it fits. It fits. Mark is over here with cake and icing, and Jackson's like, Flesh! Yeah, but you you could get under the viscera. (laughs) 
I want to see the bone. <laughs> I'm going to thumb that aorta. <laughs> yeah. um, and all the ventricles. Is that a thing? Can be. Is that a thing, thumbing the aorta? That's definitely a band name. Is that a band name? Yeah. Or is that a song? It feels like a song by Cannibal Corpse. Can we switch it to Finger the Aorta? Because then there's like a weird sort of like... That's a Cannibal Corpse like song. a sexual thing to it. I like it. I'm on board. That's our first band name. F- Finger the Aorta? Finger the Aorta. I don't know. There's something about thumbing, though, thumb that it? feels particularly Thumb the heavy. Aorta. Right, it, rolls up the, it rolls up the tongue easier. It. Thumb the Aorta. <laughs> thumb the Aorta. Here we go. Writing it down on the paper with my words. <laughs> thumb the Aorta. That's typically the medium one would choose when writing. <laughs> Words. Okay, so it's pretty much roll credits. You know, he burns the book, and that's it. yeah. Uh, which he pulls the plywood off the windows. You see the light, and you turns out that the circle is in his apartment. Which is again, like that's not mince words. This was a super fucking low budget movie, and the end of this movie straight up takes place in a an actual apartment. You can tell that, and he lights something on fire in that fucking apartment. Yep. So like, they definitely risked. I'm, I'm not even gonna say house fire. They definitely risked an apartment fire. Oh, they gambled big time filming the very last scene of this movie. Exponentially worse. And just burning yourself, but yeah. yes, and roll credits. Yeah, so I know we've kind of been talking about it, but what are some things that uh, that we loved about this? I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. You know what I'm gonna say? The sweeping vistas. I <laughs> loved the cinematography. I loved it. If you were to pitch a movie to me and say, "Hey, this entire movie takes place not even in a room, just on a black floor." In an unlit room. In a and, void. <laughs> and you have to light it as if it were a tangible space with angles and camera. They worked that void. Oh my god, dude. And when they would cut away to the little proscenium stage and you'd see the green room on the one side and the stage left on the other side and the fucking sconces that were actually just people painted gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, what an amazingly... Yeah, long. we didn't oh, even dude. touch on that. We no, we didn't bring that up. Face sconce. Yeah, yeah. There, were, there were two... Is that a band name? Face sconce? Face sconce. Uh, Sounds vaguely French. Uh, like, oh, face sconce. Face sconce. Oh, the face sconce. Ha ha. Ha ha. I have a buddy who listens to the podcast, Jeremy, and he will appreciate our spot-on French accents there. Yes! And I'm sure that he will go to his family, who are all in France, and he will go to them and say, Fescance! Fescance! When I think of the French language, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna demonstrate some of it for you. Oh, good. Okay, we're definitely not gonna lose any French listeners. No! By what Mark is about to do. Are we talking about croissants? Ha ha! Ha! <laughs> I Yeah, no, we didn't lose any listeners. I just from described that. the uh, the plot of the movie. Oh, yeah. 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 It was the second. Ha! That really kind of. Oh, went, yeah. I did. I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Geese actually are part French. Honk! <laughs> Honk! Oh, there you God. go. I'm sorry. Right, we Jeremy. also lost Quebec and New Orleans on that one. It's okay. It's <laughs> and Mar- Martinique. Martinique, I think, went out on the first one, but it's all right. And most yeah. of Africa. It's fine. <laughs> I think Haiti's gone too. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, the face cons. Um, <laughs> no, like it starts off like the traditional like. You know, smiling face, frowning face that you see in like in theater, but they're actual people, you know, with like gold face paint on them. And they use them to comedic effect throughout the movie. You know, the, it'll not pan up, but it'll like kind of show their face to just kind of help add layers. I mean, we only had maybe five characters in this entire movie, and that includes some characters that you don't even see the face of with like May and June. Like the rat demon. Yeah. Inexplicable. Yep. Yeah, but it's, it's used to comedic effect. Yep. Yeah. 
So it was it was an interesting way of like using what they had to just like add layers to something that they knew was already very basic. And again, I don't mean that like negatively. I just think it, it was a really interesting, unique touch. But I just the cinematography of it to take a movie that is set in this setting and be able to shoot it from different angles and to do your close ups and your conversationals. You're not going to have any circum speak. You're not going to have any all the president's men. You'll have some of the president's men. Some of them, like maybe two. Well, there was no um, walking. No. No one walked in this movie. Not even a little bit, ever. <laughs> ever. I don't think there was a single step. There were steps in the fight scene between G's and April. And when April walked into the oh, first and the, scene. And the dance. And the, yeah. With the with the shakas. With the yeah. There were steps. There was no... Yeah. The only walking that was ever done was by April. Uh, okay, so what else we got that we liked? Uh, I'm going to say it one more time. I'm sorry. Say it one more time, then I'm, I'm done. Uh, incredibly well-written and creative. And then I'm crossing it off my list, so I don't mention it a ninth time. Um, charming? Yeah. Campy? Big time. Funny? Oh, shit, I have creative as shit on this list. Creative as shit. <laughs> and then I'm crossing that out, There's so I don't, I don't say it a tenth time. Well, let me, let me um, say, though, that the, the charm, I think, is not evident until, at least for me. Okay. It wasn't evident until after the movie ended, and I was thinking back on the motivations of the characters once I knew the big reveal. Oh, you're yeah. kind of lost in the goof for most of it. Yeah. So I actually didn't explain this in the beginning. I usually explain like where I come across a movie in the very beginning of a, the podcast. But for this movie, I literally found this randomly on Netflix and I am not a Netflix deep cataloger. I don't go into like the really like the shit movies of Netflix, which this I think would unfortunately fall into, yeah. but it got kind of lost in the riffraff. I don't know what made me put it on, but I put it on and I fucking loved it. And then less than a year later, it was off of Netflix, could not be found. It took me at least five years to find this movie on the internet. I paid so much money for this by my own standards. I try to get movies really cheaply because I'm a collector. I know what I would pay for a movie. It's usually between a buck fifty and three bucks. This movie I paid, I don't know what I paid, but it was way more than I normally do because I wanted it in my fucking collection. So anyway, that is the backstory of me sort of finding this movie, making sure that it's in, it being present when we cultivated the original list, and it actually like influenced we had a few lists that we were choosing from and it influenced the selection of the list because this was one of the movies that I really wanted to do and it was high on the list we ended up doing. Okay, so that being said, two things that I really, really want to talk about from this movie. One, this movie spiritually and creatively, like every aspect of this movie is like The Evil Dead. Yes. If you like The Evil Dead, you will fucking love this movie. I don't know how many times I need to say that to, to make it sort of sink in. And specifically, I would actually say Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead was Sam Raimi's like real like attempt, and he did an awesome job, and I love that movie. But I don't think Sam Raimi understood the camp that he was injecting into that movie when he made it. By Evil Dead 2, he understood that some of the things that sort of fell flat because of limited budget, limited abilities, lent a sort of like comedic effect to the first movie. And when he made Evil Dead 2, he leaned into that and gave it more comedy, more camp, but still the same kind of like horror shit and creativity that he had in the first one. So I love the entire Evil Dead franchise and you are so right on the money. It is. I mean, every fucking aspect of the movie is like Evil Dead down to Justin looks like fucking Bruce Campbell. Yeah, he looks like a young Bruce Campbell with a, you know, maybe let's say three fifths of the chin. Right. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, he does. He's not full chin. 
No, you know, but he's you, he's like chin. he's a he's more than half chin. Yeah. Should we switch to that? Bruce Campbell chins. He's half chin. He's full chin. Mm. He's like three it. quarters chin. I like it as like a, as a metric to describe. I'm going to immediately rescind my recommendation of that because as innocuous and as wholesome as the origins were, it does sound vaguely racist. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it back. That's fair. So um, I'm sorry. I have to. We can't just be out of context saying, yeah, that's like a that's like a two chin. That's like a five chin. You know, it's, oh, it's, you know, okay. it's, it, nope, it was an, on, it was an honest mistake. I'm picking up what you're throwing It was down. an honest mistake. We're not going to do that. But let's just say Bruce Campbell is a treasure. He has quite a chin. And this Major guy, chin. this guy doesn't have quite the chin, but he's there. He's, he's on his way. Uh, okay. So the Evil Dead comparison, again, I forgot to mention that in pre-spoilers, but we could have. And that is something that I really wanted to discuss. Um, okay. So one thing that I loved about this movie was the overt, but also subtle Faust connections. Yes. This movie, I actually forgot how much Faust was in this movie. And when he first meets April, Faust has not been mentioned and could not remember it for the life of me. I had to look it up. But the, uh, I think it's called the Jewel Song, which is the sort of like chief song, the most recognizable song from Faust, the opera. It's the one that goes, na, 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 that one. If you've ever seen the movie Tombstone, it's it's featured in that movie oh, while they're my watching. Absolute favorite movies. Fucking amazing. Tombstone's a great movie. It's featured in that while they're watching Faust on the stage. You've definitely heard this song before. And if you haven't, I really, if you don't recognize it, I recommend looking it up. It's a beautiful song. And it's actually, it's amazing because like, you know, whenever Faust was fucking penned, let's say like, I don't know, the 17th century or some shit like that, 18th century. I feel like their definition of what was creepy and not creepy was very different than ours. Oh yeah. But I feel like Somehow, fucking 200, 300 years later, I feel like that song still conveys that sort of like, it's beautiful, but it's creepy. In the way that the devil, I feel, would be, right? The like funny The funny thing is, you don't, like, most songs you would transpose into a minor key and slow it down to make it creepy. That song doesn't need that. Yeah, it's beautiful, and you're like, oh, this is amazing. It's what But it, it make, kind of makes your skin crawl at the same time. Like, this is definitely the kind of thing that would be playing if I was having a conversation with the devil. It's, like, sexy and entrancing, but at the same time, like... It is a some, haunting some, something's melody. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. I should haunting know. Haunting melody. Yeah. That is playing the first time he meets April. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like, they're really being explicit about this. And then Lo mentions in conversation, have you ever read forget the full title it's like the life and the history tragical history of the life and death of dr faust there it is it was g's that brought it up he walks oh, up he and does. he's You're holding right. the book yes and then later he buys that book for april as a christmas present and then she asks what it's about and he says it's a guy who you know sells his soul to the devil for knowledge and power and, and she just laughs and she's like that's stupid that's <laughs> stupid which it is like i mean come on let's it is it's a really really like strong through line in the movie and it's, in some ways, I think, like, representative of their relationship, right? It's like, he is so enthralled with her that he is willing to not sell his soul to the devil himself, but go to hell for her in order to stay with her. But she knows enough about hell to not let him. And it's this sort of exchange of goods from the perspective of love, right? He demonstrates his love through his willingness to do horrible things to himself in order to be with her. And she is willing to spend eternity without him to protect him from that. This movie 
movie. It's also got elements of, again, Faust is strong. Evil Dead is super strong. Oh, yeah. But another thing that goes a little bit unspoken in this movie, another sort of like operatic line, is Orpheus and Eurydice, or Eurydice. Orpheus, I don't know how familiar you guys are with that story or that opera, but basically Orpheus uses his lute to loot, L-U-T-E, not L-O-O-T. He's not Bezos. Um, <laughs> but he uses his, <laughs> he uses his loot to get into Hades to retrieve the soul of his loved one, Eurydice or Eurydice. The one caveat is once he retrieves her soul, he cannot look at her while he's taking her back out of Hades. And while he's leading her out of Hades, she is pleading with him. Why aren't you looking at me? Why are you ignoring me? Why are you blah, blah, blah? And the pleas of his love sort of like break his heart and he ends up turning around, at which point she gets dragged screaming back into the sort of belly of Hades. It has very, for obvious reasons of what I've just described, very strong elements of that. I feel like whoever wrote this movie was intimately familiar with that story. Well, and it, it's it's loosely attached to uh, the inferno of Dante's divine comedy. You know, Dante's inferno, the story of the man who lost his love and uh, goes through hell and back to bring her back and ultimately is unsuccessful. Basically, for me, you combine the tragical history of the life and death of Dr. Faust with Dante's Divine Comedy. Add quite a bit of goof and you get low. For me, this movie is, I'm going to go 60% Evil Dead and I'm going to say 20% each Faust and Orpheus. Fair. What about you, Mark? How's your percentage go? Um, I'd go probably like 20% uh, this and 80% that. That's fair. Yeah. Wait, Solid. what about the other... I said 20-80. Yeah. You're talking about the hidden, the hidden five? Yeah. The hidden five is definitely going in the other direction. Is the Hidden Five a, like, Jackson 5 cover band? I feel like it's a band, like a Jackson 5 cover band, but you they never actually songs. see them. They Ooh. play behind, like, a silhouetted curtain. Oh, like, shit. Like, like the Gorillas, but with less animatron. Yeah. The Hidden Five? Yep. Oh, band that? name. Oh, God. Yep. Okay. Um, I mean, we're literally discussing about how it's a band. That's fair. Um... What else we like? Do we is that it? Do we like I anything liked the, else? I liked so, the soundtrack. The score was good. Very evocative. There wasn't a whole lot of music, but you know, to the point that we just discussed ad nauseum, they really played it up with the ballad. And then the only other real music in the movie is the occasional background music to make a point, and then the two wackadoodle musical numbers. Uh, all right, Mark, hearkening back to your point, practical effects. Um, I already mentioned, like, the, the costume design. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Even for G's, it wasn't bad. No. It wasn't, like, the best I've ever seen, but, like, Low was fucking incredible. Yeah, um, the rat chick that, like... The just, demon rat. It wasn't really connected to anything else outside of just kind of occasionally, like, panning over. Dude, um, the fight scene at one point, April, like, makes her fingers all one fleshy mass and, like, kind of chokes G's out with it. Like, yeah. she wraps it around his face. That was fucking sweet. Like a thin flesh garrot. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> I, I also think that, that also feels like a band name, but I feel yeah. like Hidden Five is maybe. In in some ways, this movie gets a pass <laughs> because of just the general aesthetic of it. That it's like it is kind of like a stage play, more or less. I bet this is. This has to be right. 
Like, I don't know. Because it could e- You can I, do it I, in a black box so easily. Yeah. So, two things I will say. I think the people who made this movie, I think they are stage performers. I think they are people who are used to being on the stage. I say that for two reasons. One, it feels like a way. Two, I think this movie was actually filmed on a stage. So, stages are painted black, or almost invariably painted black. Um, You could see, like, the individual boards on occasion underneath him. And it very much looked like a stage. It also, like, in order to have that much room where you can create a void, right? Um, And rig up a good light to, you know, sort of illuminate him. I would be very surprised if this movie was not actually shot on a stage. Um, This is the kind of movie, I wrote this down because I don't know, it popped into my head, but to me, this is the kind of movie that every aspiring actor should hopefully be hoping to participate in something like this. Something that is really genuine, something that is really well written, you know, something that is really creative, this is, if if I were a young actor, this is the kind of project I would be thrilled to be involved with. Yeah. No, I, and, and like I said, I, I think it gets a pass for its, like, the special effects. Not, not that they were bad. I mean, I, I don't think that they, I don't think that they were, but you didn't need to be good, you know, because just, just the, the way that it kind of played out. I felt like the, uh, we're still kind of in things that I like, the costume design for Lowe was amazing, and it added a sense of realism, because everything else was so tacky and campy that Lowe's design, like, it felt more tangible, more real. It just, like, it elevated it because of the context within which it was, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it felt out of place, but not in a bad way, in a you're from another place kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which yeah. was, I think, perfect for what they were trying to to accomplish with that. Yeah. Anything else we liked? I think I'm done gushing. I will happily transition to dislikes. Yeah, I think I'm done with likes. Um, The acting in this movie is like massively subpar. Yeah. I think it adds to the camp. So I will in no way, like, I would never let that detract from my scoring of this movie because I think it actually, in a really fucked up way, it enhances the movie. It makes it campier and that makes it better, in my mind. If you hate camp, you are going to be sitting here going, the acting is fucking terrible. The only, I would say, the only acting that is really, like, impressive, the only acting that really wows is Lowe's. And that's the thing is, like, if the acting was better in this movie, it would demand a higher budget. In my opinion, I feel like if the actors were better and the acting was more akin to something that we'd see of a higher production value, then the camp would be lost and it would become cheese. Yeah. Mm, And so if the acting was better, the movie would be worse. I can I, I understand your logic. I think it it knew what lane it was in mm-hmm. and it dominated that lane. Yeah. Um what else did we not like? Honestly, you know, it's it's hard for me to find something that I didn't like about this movie and I think that's weird because this is not one of my favorite movies. This did not wow me in the same way that other films have, but I can find a lot more to dislike about movies that I love than I can about this. Because you give this movie a pass because of what it is. You right. They make no equivocations about the fact that they were on a shoestring budget. This is a low budget film done by people who loved it. If right. You were to, if you were to and, tell me that and this, the camp, yeah, and the camp. If you were to tell me that this movie had a budget of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I would be upset. Kind of. Yeah. I think I would be impressed, to be honest, that with a budget, with a real budget, 
Right. They could reproduce camp that effectively because unfortunately camp in many respects can only be born out of necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, in like in some ways. Necessity is not the mother of invention. Necessity is the mother of camp. Yes. And Uh, poverty is the mother of necessity. And jewels are the mother of crabs. I haven't heard that one. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, it's pretty well known. I haven't heard that one. No, but like, um... Paranormal Activity, that movie. Have yeah. you guys, have you guys yes. seen that movie? Yes. Yeah. That movie isn't that good, but I give it a pass. It punches well above its weight because of the budget that it had. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is is similar to that in that I can't really find anything to fault because I thought it did really well with the lane that it was in. You yep. know? Um, I don't particularly love like super demonic movies. It's not really my thing, you know, not because I'm offended. It's just not something I particularly love. And so as I was going through this movie, I was thinking to myself, man, I, I you know, it's, it's quippy. I don't know how much I like it. But then once we had that, that, that final reveal and I'm like digesting it, like this movie is much, much better than has a right to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if you take the the faith and the monotheism out of the movie and you just look at it objectively the way it is, that these characters are making a deal, blah, 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 blah. The dialogue is still rock solid. Mm-hmm. The acting is still well worth its salt for the money that they had. It blindsides you half a dozen times with shit you're not expecting. And the costume design was stellar for the important characters. Yeah. Oh so. Objectively, even if even if the subject matter of the movie isn't to your liking, this movie was well made. Yeah, yeah, no, I. The, it is weird. It is weird that like I didn't love this movie, but I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I, I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm struggling. Two other things that I could mention. Again, I genuinely I feel weird putting them in dislikes because. I don't dislike them. I think they add to the movie. I think they are appropriate for the movie. But I do think a general audience would take issue with them, in addition to the acting. I think a general audience would take issue with what you had mentioned about the score and the soundtrack. There are voids in this movie, and I think a general audience has a tendency to be used to a soundtrack being almost ubiquitous throughout a movie. Or or should I say a score being ubiquitous throughout a movie. They are used to having music to carry them through. This movie just left massive gaps and that was to the effect of the movie it, As you it say, enhanced they only it play sound or music to drive a point home they don't actually use it to carry the plot yeah and i think again that adds to the feel of it being low budget adds to the feel of it being campy it also adds to the feel of it being kind of art house because you don't rely on the standard bag of tricks mm-hmm. right to carry you through the narrative but i think to a general audience they will notice it or if they, I don't know if they'll notice it, but whether they notice it or not, I think it may bother a lot of people. The other thing is the pacing of some scenes. Yeah. Again, they're drawn out for a reason. They are the way they are for a reason. And especially upon a second watch, this is the kind of thing that I think you can appreciate a lot more. But a general audience will probably, especially on first watch, take issue with the pacing of some of the scenes. I've always felt that a movie paces faster upon a second watch. Yes. And I think part of that is I know when the punches are coming, so I'm anticipating it. It doesn't Um, create the same anxiety in you when you're, like, waiting for the other shoe to drop. If you know when the shoe drops, you can sort of calm your mind a little bit. Yep. And then the other thing is you're not sitting there wondering when the movie is going to be over. Like, if you're not enjoying it, you're not stuck on the ride for an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah. It's like, okay, if I've seen this before and I didn't love it, at least I know it'll be over in 40 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, can we move on to the next section? I'm going to wrap this like a Christmas present. Yeah. Uh, let's let's quote this bitch. Okay, okay. As has come 
to be expected. My, I don't have too many quotes. Mark has seven quotes. I've got one. Um, But you can round it up to the the nearest seven, and then yes. We do do that sometimes. We round up to the nearest seven. (laughs) Yeah. So yes, I have seven quotes. Let me go through all seven I also have seven quotes. I have seven as well. Yeah. I mean, if we're rounding. Yeah. To the nearest. Uh, We're rounding up. Up, yeah. I'm seven. Yep. Yep. Um, I think it's funnier. I think we have closer to seven quotes total combined. Yeah. But we're all rounding up, so technically we have 21 quotes. Fair. So that's math. Um, math, look it up. So I, I, I will say the first five, ten minutes of the movie, super quippy. I could have put more down, but I didn't. Um, one of my favorite points in the movie was near the beginning of the movie, the two characters, Justin and Lowe, are still kind of getting to know each other. And Lowe disappears for a second, comes back, he's like smoking a cigarette. I forget exactly how it plays out, but Justin's confused. You know, what, what are you doing? Lowe has a cigarette in his hand, and, you know, he says, you know... We can do uh, we can do anything we want to do. And like he pulls a cigarette out of his mouth, just like in this like cool voice, you know, it's cool. <laughs> just just the, his delivery, man. I really enjoyed Lowe's character and like the delivery of all of his lines. You know, oh yeah, it just it's just funny. I feel like we never explicitly mention that even though Lowe and April are the same person, they're not played by the same person, which is why we keep referring to Lowe as a he, because Lowe is definitely played by a male actor, and April is played by a female actor. Right. And so we keep saying, like, April, she, Lowe, he, but that's that's why we keep waffling back and forth. Oh my god, I, if I ever watch this movie again, which I probably won't, but you might, there's a scene where April is smoking a cigarette? Yes. I would be curious if it is the same brand as the type that Lowe is smoking. We, oh, we'll, we'll, cue, would... we'll cue it up, Mark. We'll watch this movie again. Right now. I would, I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ha Jackson! Alright, so I have four quotes. Um, Seven. Yes, yes, of of my seven quotes, I'm going to read you four. Uh, <laughs> so at the very beginning, after he summons Lowe, Lowe is like, what is your name? And he goes, it's Justin. I don't love that. Uh, dinner. Allow me to baptize you dinner. <laughs> it's Justin. Dinner. Don't get attached to your past. <laughs> And then um, <laughs> I, I, I gave you I gave you one of my quotes earlier, which was "Don't give me your stats. I'm not casting a movie." <laughs> my third one is when uh, when Justin is arguing with his hand. It was a vehement argument. It was a vehement. Was, argument. This was not like a he wasn't having a discussion. No, or a, even was, a debate. This was a, they were yelling at each other. Yeah, um, and he realizes that his hand is speaking his thoughts, so he looks his hand. Dead in the eye? Dead in the... Uh, dead in the cuticle. Dead in the cuticle. And says, shut up! Shut up, my brain! And then punches his hand. Yes. Only to say, ow. My last quote is from the demon, Jeez. Oh, Jeez. Yeah. Because Justin's like, you can't love. He goes, I'm a demon. I can do anything I want. And Justin says, except love. Well, maybe I can. But I don't want you to know that I can. <laughs> I can, I can do that. I just, I don't want to right now. Everybody can do that, stupid. I'm not going to prove to you that I can. I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it right now. Shut up. It doesn't go, it doesn't go with my vibe. <laughs> to which, like, Justin, like, immediately says something to that effect. Like, you know, that is <laughs> such a juvenile defense. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so my first one is when Justin, like, literally just meets Low, and he is clearly... A very, very scared. And it's one of the first lines that Lowe speaks to. He says, Now clean the shit from your pants and tell me what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I realize, like, my low impression is, like, 
dangerously close to Biff from Back to the Future. <laughs> Especially old Biff. Yeah. <laughs> and you go more like old lady in Monsters, Inc. Yes. You know, oh, Ross. Wazowski. Yeah. Mark Wazowski. <laughs> um, okay, so this is also at the very beginning when he first meets Lo. This is the first introduction of the stage where Justin's thoughts are projected and we get the sort of exposition of his life with April. Um, the stage just appears and Justin is like, what the fuck is that? And Lo just looks at him and goes... Now, keep in mind, when I say this, I'm doing jazz hands, okay? He goes, it's flashback time. Ha! (laughs) (laughs) What's great about that scene in particular (laughs) is for the first flashback, they're watching the screen and Lo is laying down. I don't know if we ever touched on this. Lo's back half of his body, his like from his waist down, is smashed and doesn't work. So he crawls around on his on his hands. So Lo is laying on the ground, one hand propping up his face like a girl on prom night waiting for the phone to ring, and then just reaches back behind him and grabs a tub of popcorn and just starts casually eating it while they're viewing the flashback. <laughs> yeah, I remember that scene came out, you're like, where the fuck did I get the popcorn? <laughs> Um, my final quote is also an interaction between Justin and Lowe, which is most of the movie, but Justin kind of feels like he knows something that Lowe doesn't know, and he's kind of doing that shit-eating grin, right? Where like he's the just cat kinda... who ate the canary. Yeah. Actually, you know what it's, it's very akin to is that new, I have not seen whatever movie this came from, but that new meme with Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal, where Nick Cage looks at Pedro Pascal and they're driving, and he's just kind of got that like, <gasps> kind of look on his face, you know? That meme, imagine Pedro Pascal's face, that's what Justin is doing, and low. Just he looks at him and he says, Stop making that face. You look like a child that's proudly shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um We can all agree that's accurate. That's exactly what he looked like, too. You're like, I've seen that face before. And I've I've dealt with the horrific aftermath. Yeah, you just done pooped yourself. You look you at your just... kid and you're like, Did you poop? I wish I could just smile at someone and poop myself. <laughs> the confidence, you know? That's something to aspire. The audacity. <laughs> Honestly, that is an aspect of parenthood I didn't think I would. Since I was a child, I didn't think I'd ever poop staring another human being in the eye. Nope. Until I had children. And there's and there's, there's, no, there's no privacy with children. Nope. There's no secrets. Nope. You know, you're on the pooper and it's like, Daddy? And then you hear the door open slowly and you're like, well, I guess I've got company. Mm-hmm. And then you have to pinch a loaf. While staring them in the eye, because that's what they're doing to you, mm-hmm. and you have to hold the gaze. It's it's kind of like a power move, but a shame move as well. Yeah, it's the, what do you need, buddy? <laughs> what do you need? Nothing's coming out of me! A look of pleasure and pain. Yeah. Hashtag parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so, are we ready to riggedy raggedy rake? I think we are. Alright, who's uh, who's gonna jump right in this hell pit not, first? Not I. I don't want to go first. Alright, I'll go first. Okay, I'm gonna go with, uh... I'm gonna go five point zero whoa oh fuck yeah yeah because it what it really rides the line oh boy yeah oh mark i'm really disappointed in that see i'd already picked my number but i wanted to hear what you said oh my god that is fucking you're it's above the line colin it is not above the line it is on the line there's a line it It is is line zero Uh, yeah but it still rounds up to seven wow i did not think he would go 5.0 on that that is i am I am a little upset. <laughs> I am a little upset at that. Yes, I am. Does it make you feel any better? And it won't, but it's fine. What's but, your metric? Uh, oh, uh, white 
paint cans. Solid. Obscure. Yeah, a little, I like a it. bit of a deep yeah. Now, I will say that like when we first turned the movie off, I was like, all right, this is this is getting like a three. What? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the same appreciation. Jackson's gonna get a fucking pen in the neck. <laughs> oh, I can tell by the look in his face oh, what he's gonna rate this. Good. Um but and and it's <laughs> it's entirely possible that like tomorrow. After I've continued to digest, because like the it's not possible. This is going in stone, Mark. It's not possible to rescind your rating. It's 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 like like a pumice. You Uh, literally didn't have a single negative thing to say about this movie. But I said that I didn't love it. Right. I am. Right. I cannot believe he's in my basement right now, Jackson. I'm going to commit an act of violence. But no, the longer I go from watching this movie, the more I enjoy it. So it stands to reason that you know, this rating that we do, our little like, huh, is off the hip, you know? It's not supposed to be a well-reasoned review. No, but it's supposed to be accurate, and that's where you're wrong. It is accurately <laughs> how I feel, you know? Uh, I think I if I'm projecting out tomorrow, it'd probably be like a, like a six, you know? Maybe a seven. What the fuck? Say that tonight! <laughs> But that's not where I'm at tonight. Oh, God. <laughs> Look, if you're smiling, I'm doing something wrong. Oh, God, he's the worst. This is literally a oh. movie about hell, and you're going to complain about being tortured? I, you know what? I feel tortured right now. I feel <laughs> good. tortured. Good. We had a very good discussion. We did. Everybody was in agreement and we happy. We are still and in Mark agreement. Dunn fucked it up. <laughs> you know what? I just, I, I just thumbed the aorta. <laughs> thumbed right into the aorta. <laughs> no, uh, and... And my rating is is more like I don't know like it's not below a five. That does not does not what that does not a rating make. <laughs> yes, it is. It is not. <laughs> okay, fine. You win. I'll say seven. But just know that we're rounding up to the nearest seven. <laughs> Jackson's having a condition. So am I putting you down for a seven or a five, Mark? You're putting me down for a five. Damn it, Jackson. Choose your words very carefully. He's sensitive tonight. <laughs> you're going to get a pen on the neck. He's sensitive. <laughs> so, Jackson, I'll put you down for a 9.5. 9.4? He's covering his neck. This is not voting well. Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to go with a 5.2. Oh, you fucker. That's significantly higher than what I did, and you're still complaining. Fucker, you fucker. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to go with 5.2. Detached retinas. Oh, oh yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's a good reference. See? I knew where that came from. Mm, the you movie. You don't remember that from things <laughs> below a 5.0, Colin. Gosh. I'm sorry, Colin. Mm. I calls it like a sees it and a sees it. Mm. Could have been worse. Could have been a 5.0. Yeah. Or a 4.8. <laughs> well. It's not getting crazy here, guys. It's not getting crazy. <laughs> All right, mm. you're going to give this a fucking 11? That's good. That's good. I, yeah, I, so I carry the two. Um, <laughs> uh, he's trying to do the math to figure out how to skew this. Uh, yep. Yeah, how that's do exactly I fucking, what he's do doing. I, <laughs> damn it, how do I get this up here? You know, we should write these down before we reveal I uh, had that thought them. because I didn't want to. Yep. Yeah. Mm. All right. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. As usual, I'm trying to pick my rating. You gotta go niche. Yeah, I know. I feel like there are a lot of good ones that could be selected from this, but I think I'm gonna go... So I'm giving... This is my rating. This is how I feel about this movie. Again, to a general audience, 
maybe it wouldn't hit this way. To me, this movie is a 7.8 salads. Oh, uh, I, you know, I respect it. My backup was going to be 5.2 demon. Oh, oh I thought you were going to go with the gold faces. Mm. I was going to go red sheet nipples. Oh, yeah. There you know, was nipple. They're subtle. Yeah. You got to cut them. You got to try and but find them. They're yeah. There. They were the, the where's Waldo of the peep yep. show world. Fun fact, uh, May and June married in real life. Oh, cute. I don't know if he's lying to me right now. It's in the credits. You're in the credits. It's in the credits. May and June played by blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah, blah. Smith. <laughs> Dr. Smith. Blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah, blah. Smith. <laughs> um, I now pronounce you Mr. and Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. Smith. Are we learning? So now that we've gotten the uh, the reviews out of the way, perhaps we're ready for something a little tastier. Like a scene score. Scene score. Scene score. Every fucking time that's getting better. Woo! Buttered toast. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed, Mark. Buttered toast. Hey, you don't like it? Your rating? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's upset. He's upset. Mine was uh, slightly better. We have we have fun. We have fun. Sometimes. Not on this episode, but in other episodes. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> okay, so let's see. I gave it the correct rating, you guys gave it lower ratings, and <laughs> the um, <laughs> I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Twist it. Uh <laughs> Pop it. Let's see. Um we had ten respondents to our familiarity survey this week. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the familiarity was zero. You know what's so crazy is I've talked to a lot of people about this movie. A fucking lot of people. I have never, ever encountered anybody who's ever heard of it. Our familiarity score is not zero. It's what? exceedingly low, but it's not zero. It's 0. 0.5. Okay. Um, okay, so less than... Out of 10. Yeah. If you were the person that said you knew this movie, send us an email. Please, please, please send us an email. And explain to us how awesome this movie is. Yeah. So Jackson and Mark can understand it. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Our average score was six. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like it. But mm-hmm. Um, a little high, right? Is that, yeah, what, is that what you're saying? Yeah, a little high. Which gives us. <laughs> so help me, so help me. <laughs> which gives us a scene score of seven point three. You know what? I'll allow it. I'm. I feel good about that. Do you? I do. Yeah. I do because, like I said, like I, it's not my favorite movie. Um, as the five would 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 would. would. Would would suggest <laughs> But I think this is worth your time. Yeah. It is it is definitely worth your time. It's definitely worth a watch, and that's why it gets above a five. Yeah. I mean this I think I would say like all jokes aside, I would say well above a five because this is the kind of movie that like you're not going to see anything else like it. It is a amazing example of what people can do when they're creative and they're on a shoestring budget, and they're good at writing, you know, pithy and quivy dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy with that because it, it. I feel like it, it tracks with what we're, with what that score is meant to communicate. Scene score of seven point three. Are we Lurdern with I, low? I believe we are low Redern. Low Redern. Do you believe in life after love? I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so in you know in Cher's version they did that with you know like you know digital sound and stuff like that I did it on a recorder that I learned in elementary school it was I learned life after love immediately after hot cross buns nice <laughs> uh okay 
That is all for the All Crap Review. Please be sure to check out our upcoming tour. We've got Thumb in the Aorta, which is just a horrific band. Don't go and watch them. But pay for the ticket. You know, go support. support. That's all. That's all that matters. Buy some merch. And they, only on the European leg of the tour, are touring with Fescons. Fescons! face. And if you can catch them, they're kind of elusive. The Hidden Five is also touring with oh, them. Oh, they do a great show. You can't even see it, but it's fantastic. No, but somebody said one time that they heard it, and they said it was almost like the Jackson Five, except not at all. Right. And that is, you know, uh, something. It's, it's about feeling it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the aorta. Yeah. It's about feeling it with your thumb in the aorta, which is just a horrific image. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to stick with this thumb in the aorta thing. I'm imagining a sort of, what's the fucking, uh, uh, sat in the corner eating a, uh, Christmas pie and pulled out a plum with his thumb. Oh. Who's that fucking fella? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That guy, though. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Definitely Something like little Jeevy Stevie sat in a squeezy and eating his, you know, skeevy do. Not curds Put it in his thumb and pulled out a plum and said, oh my, I made a poo. Something like that. It right. had that sort of ilk, you know. Yeah. Get that on a t-shirt. Get the- all of it. Just put it all on there, small I, text. I would love that. Small text. I would... I would read it before I walked away. I would buy that t-shirt and wear it. I would I, I would give a person wearing that t-shirt a wide berth. <laughs> Just like a I would give them like like eleven to twenty feet. Except before or after you read it. <laughs> um okay, so uh thank you for listening. If you have any ideas for movie reviews, email us at three, that is the number three, men and a basement at gmail.com. You can also find us on our website, that's tmaab.podbean.com. T-M-A-A-B stands for three men and a basement. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts. And until then, I am Colin McLeod. Marco. Action Jackson. And we will see you in cyberspace. (laughs) Resner. For (laughs) swans.